for you this morning, amen? So um, if we could have maybe my, my verse, 2 Corinthians 9, it's probably the most famous uh, tithe and offering verse possible. Let each man give and woman according as he has determined in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. So you've already determined what, what you want to give this morning, and we're so thankful for every one of you um, for giving into this house, and um, yeah, we love every one of you, and um, we're thankful we, we get every week to pray over the finances and staff meetings, and uh, we, we just bless you guys. Also, as we receive our offering this morning, I want you to be aware that our very own Pastor Manny is heading off to Panama, and um, if you would like to give into his trip to Panama, you could do that, designate that, and put it in the offering this morning, or you could go on our website, and we have a tab for that. Amen? So let's do this. Pastor Manny, will you come up? Um, come on, give him a hand. We're going to pray for him. We're going to bless him, and then we'll pass the offering, and he'll just share his message. Father, we just thank you for, uh, for Pastor Manuel, Lord. We thank you for this man of God in this house, Lord. We thank you for the grace on his life, God. We thank you for just giving him boldness this morning to speak and to, to share the word of the living God, that he would speak the very words of God, Lord. We thank you, Father, for this trip that he has coming up to Panama, Lord. You've called him to travel into the nations, Lord, and we're so thankful to send him out from this house. We pray, God, that he would go in boldness and power in your anointing, God. We pray your protection over all of the little details. But more than anything, Father, we pray that he would bring freedom to those who are captive, God, that the light of the glorious gospel would shine into hearts, Lord, those who are broken and lost and addicted and sick, Lord, that he would come and manifest the kingdom, Lord, that repentance would sweep, that fruit of repentance would sweep, God. We thank you for bringing him to Panama and for shaking everything that can be shaken in Panama, God. And we thank you for allowing us to partner with him, sow into him, pray into him. In Jesus' mighty name, Lord, we bless him. Amen, amen, amen. Would you pass the offering? Got me up there? There we go. All right. Amen. Um, we're being that I'm in charge of media here, so we're doing a sort of a virtual discipleship, and this is so exciting for me. So I want uh, you guys to pull up that video, go ahead and play it, and this is so exciting. Lighting the darkness, a city on a hill. Every believer is called to make a difference in the world to love God completely, and to make disciples of every nation. But in this busy, mobile, noisy world, it can be difficult to even do the basics, to pray, to read the Word, to bring the love of God to our marriages, families, neighbors, and coworkers. We know you're here because you want to be a part of God's mission on the earth. You want to experience the abundant life that Scripture talks about. You're looking to connect your faith to every part of your life every day of the week. That's why our church is subscribing to Right Now Media and making it available for free to every member of our church. 
you'll have access to over 10,000 online Bible study videos on parenting, marriage, finance, discipleship, leadership, and many more. The videos can be used in Bible study groups or for personal devotion. There's also a huge library of safe biblical kids videos. We'd love to see every member of our church utilizing Right Now Media. Small group leaders leading their adult or youth groups through engaging Bible study series. Children enjoying safe programming that doesn't just entertain, but helps lay a strong spiritual foundation. Families spending quality time together, going through devotional Bible studies. Couples using biblical studies on marriage, parenting, and finance. Applying God's Word to every area of their lives. There is something for everyone. We want to help you grow as a disciple of Christ. And we want to help you become a disciple maker in your home, your school, your workplace, your neighborhood, in whatever mission field God has called you to. We believe that this free resource will help equip and unleash you to live out your faith in every area of life. To experience God-centered, abundant life, not just on Sundays, but every day. We are for you, and God is for you. He wants to empower you every day to live for Him. Together, we can be a light in the darkness, a city on a hill. What do you think about that, people? If you are on our Harvest Happenings list, we are enrolling you for free. Please look on your email. If you do not want to be subscribed, let us know. Send us an email. Or if you're not on Harvest Happenings, you can go ahead and send us an email also using our website. Just send it to HRC Info, and we will put you on that list. This is amazing. It's like Netflix for Bible studies. Amen? Amen? And I'm going to be like Oprah here. You get one, you get one, you get one, you get one. You, you know. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I'm so excited. I'm going to be heading out to Panama this week. And I'm, I'm just so excited about what God is going to do over there. I, had, I, I have a word today. And for the next 40 minutes, I want to go ahead and focus on that word because I believe that it's a word in season. Also, uh, being that it's Mother's Day, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers. Amen. 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 Um, I'm just going to ask Edward. Edward, can you turn these lights on, please? Thank you. Being that it's Mother's Day, I decided the Holy Spirit had given me a revelation several years back. But the Holy Spirit had really pressed on my heart today, Mother's Day. The pastor has a joke where he puts me to preach on Mother's Day, Father's Day, Grandfather's Day. So I guess we'll be preaching all those days. But just to be in the theme of things... God was talking about giving birth. Now, the mothers who have given birth here understand the whole dynamics of giving birth. Amen? Uh, I heard earlier going into labor. Now, man does not know how that feels like. We can give you a little bit, maybe falling off a ladder and landing on your back will probably be the closest to getting the pain that a woman feels having labor. 
Oh, kidney stone. Pushing out a kidney stone, I hear, is equivalent to having labor. And still women are like, no. You have no clue. Well, let me tell you something about giving birth. It's one of the it's one of the most uncomfortable things, I believe. It's one of the most painful things. And, there we go. And it's one of the, even for a man who's involved, you know, going to see his child being born, what I hear is some men pass out. <laughs> Especially when the doctor hands you the scissors and say, hey, cut this umbilical cord here. You're like, that's connected to her? How, what? It's the same process, I believe, spiritually. When you're something and God has something in you to release, there's going to be some pain. There's going to be some pushing involved. There's going to get some, there's going to be some time where you're very uncomfortable. And even for people who are seeing somebody push out something, it also gets uncomfortable for you. I believe that harvest is very pregnant. I mean, like walking like this. <laughs> Mothers know what I'm talking about. Feet swollen, can't fit in any of your shoes. You're just like, hey, don't touch me, don't touch me. But the process of giving birth is painful and uncomfortable. And I hear my aunt tells me she had triplets. And I hear it's even more uncomfortable when you're carrying three. One came out. Next one. Next. Next. And so that process itself can become a place where you're not really understanding what's happening. Because you're like, God, we're supposed to be seeing all of this stuff, but right now we're going through some pain, some birthing pains. There's some uncomfortable feelings. Some people don't like things. They get rubbed the wrong way. Things are just happening that just doesn't seem right. And it's just God saying, you're pregnant and about to give birth. Words to live by. I heard this thing from Grant Cook. He said, we have to stop taking our cues on how to live from the world around us. Because we are not of this world. We are kingdom citizens put on this earth to be the change the world needs.
Now, my scripture of the day is Genesis 35, 16, and I want to just touch up from 16 to 20. Now, I'm going to be using the King James Version, excuse me. And the Bible says, and they journeyed from Bethel, and there was but a little way to come to Ephrath. And Rachel travailed, and she had hard labor. And it came to pass when she was in hard labor that the midwife said unto her, Fear not, you will have a son also, or this son also. And it came to pass as her soul was in departing, for she died, that she called his name Benoni, which means son of my sorrow. But his father called him Benjamin, which means son of my right hand. And Rachel died and was buried in the way to Ephrath, which is Bethlehem. And Jacob set a pillar upon her grave. That is the pillar of Rachel's grave until this day. I want to talk a little bit about Rachel. And I want to talk about Leah. Rachel and Leah are a great example in the Bible of mothers. Because if you go to the Jewish history, you're going to understand that Rachel and Leah actually are the ones who birthed the nation of Israel. They're the ones who bring forth the tribes. They're the ones who God appointed. Now, we all know the story of Jacob. Jacob, he wants, he meets this girl. She's beautiful. And he says, man, I want to marry her. He goes to the father. The father says, sure, work for me for seven years, and you can have her. Now, the father's a con artist. I think he owns some casinos out there somewhere. His name is Laban. And Laban is abusing his power, using him to gain more from him. Then he says, okay, the day comes that you can get married. He has his older daughter, Leah, cover herself, get all decked out, about to get married, and he's still thinking it's Rachel. So Laban pulls a fast one on him and gives him Leah. When he wakes up in the morning after everything is said and done, he looks to the side and said, hold on. This is not the one I worked for. Here he's seeing a different woman. She wasn't as beautiful as Rachel. And some might think that she was cross-eyed, that she had a little bit of defect in her, that her dad had to con somebody to marry her, where she couldn't find her own husband. But he wakes up in the morning, and he goes to Laban. He says, what is this? And Laban says, well, she's the oldest. She needed to get married first. If you work seven years more, I'll give you Rachel. At this point, he says, what's done is done. I'm going to go ahead and work the seven years. After the seven years, he gets to marry Rachel. But during this time... There's something that's happening, and it's called competition. Because now, the younger sister 
sees that her older sister is fruitful. Sees that her older sister has something that she doesn't have. She might not have her looks. She might not be as dashing as she is. But she has something that Rachel doesn't have. And it was that she was able to be pregnant. So here's what the Bible says. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 30. Verse 1, and Rachel saw that she bare Jacob no children. Rachel envied her sister and said unto Jacob, give me children or else I die. Now let's go to Genesis 29, verse 31. And I'm going to tell you why Leah was fruitful. Leah was fruitful because the Bible says in verse 31 of Genesis 29, and when the Lord saw that Leah was hated, he opened her womb. But Rachel was barren. Because Leah was disliked, God said, I'm going to go ahead and open your womb. I want to talk to somebody who probably is not liked too much. Maybe there's something that rubs people the wrong way. Maybe you are always getting hated on and somebody's always looking at you the wrong way. But I'm here to say that even though you might be hated or rejected, God will open your womb. God will release giftings out of you just because. Leah was conceiving son after son, daughter after daughter. And when Rachel saw this and she saw she had no children, she told Jacob, she said, give me children or I'll die. Jacob looked at her and said, do I look like God? I'm not the one who can open your womb. She was sterile. She was barren, the Bible says. Now, sterility is something very common sometimes with some women, but very rare. Which means that the woman cannot at all conceive a child. Now, just because Rachel could not conceive a child does not mean that God could not open her womb. Rachel is an example of a woman who is scorned by her sister. And she's scorned because of Leah's fertility. Instead of celebrating her, she envies her because she's blessed with more. Rachel tries to compete by putting her handmaidens to have children for her. So Rachel grabs some of her maids and says, hey, why don't you have a child for me? And then... Leah gets involved, too, and Leah says, well, I have handmaidens, too. I don't need to have all the babies. Here's a handmaiden. Here, have a child. Next thing you know, there's this competition between the two women, and this sounds like a, I know it sounds like a Lifetime movie, network movie. Right? And here's two women 
competing to see how many children they can birth. Understand this, no one can birth what God intended for you to birth. No one can give birth to what God intended for you to birth. I understand the whole natural uh, thing with the conception and, and some women use a surrogate and, and all of that. But I'm talking about what God has given to you and what he's intended for you is for you. It's for you to carry. It's for you to process. It's for you to release. Now, what causes the sterility, and I'm going to talk about this a little while, what causes spiritual sterility? What causes you to be sterile in the spirit? Let's talk about point number one, envy. Somebody say with me, envy. The Bible says Rachel envied her sister. She was jealous. The next thing that can stop you from growing or being fruitful is... Blame shifting. Rachel blamed her husband for not having a child. Next thing that can stop you from becoming fruitful is unbelief. Rachel did not believe God the way Jacob did. The other thing that can stop you from becoming fruitful is idolatry. When Rachel and Jacob and all of the family and Leah had left Laban's camp in Genesis 31, 34, Rachel could not let her past go, and she stole the idols from her father's house and took it with her on the journey. Idolatry. Idolatry is anything that you put in God's place. The other thing that also stopped her from being fruitful was offense. She got offended. Sometimes we get offended by the littlest of things. If you find yourself getting offended by what every, every little thing that somebody says, something's wrong with you. Your heart needs to be shaped. You know, I used to get offended a lot. Somebody would say something, I'd be like, oh, they don't like me. Or something would come in the back of my mind. What, what's up with them? They don't, you know, they're thinking this, they're thinking that. And all of it was assumptions. The person never thought anything of me. Offense can stop you from growing. Bitterness was the next thing that stopped her. Rachel was bitter against her sister, and she held it in her heart. Now listen to this. Giving birth is a natural thing. In a woman's womb, a child is shaped and God forms that child and gives that child its purpose and its destiny. God never intends for anything or anyone he puts with purpose to stay barren or sterile. He did not put Harvest Renewal Church just to stay here. Barren and sterile. Just so it can look good. Well, they look good. No. Well, Rachel looked good. 
But she was barren. She was sterile. He puts purpose in us to see fruitfulness and multiplication. In Genesis, he tells the man in the beginning, be fruitful and multiply. That was not a suggestion. That was a decree over us. It was not a suggestion. It was God actually decreeing over us. It was a prophetic word that's supposed to be branded into our DNA. Be fruitful, multiply. Be fruitful, multiply. And so that becomes part of our DNA. Being fruitful and multiplying. This is not a suggestion. It is a decree. Jesus made the same decree over his disciples in Matthew 28, 19. He said, go, therefore, make disciples of all nations. Be fruitful, multiply. Once again, it's not a suggestion. It is a decree. Be fruitful, multiply. God has given us a purpose. He has impregnated us with his perfect will. What holds us back from multiplying or being fruitful? And I gave you the list of the things that can hold you back. But what happened with Rachel was very significant because Rachel has two boys out of her own womb. The first one is Joseph. Now, the funny thing about Joseph is that when Rachel gives birth to Joseph, it is a sign to Jacob that it's time to leave Laban's house because Joseph is a sign of deliverance. Joseph is a sign of it's time to get out of slavery. Joseph is a sign of saying that enough is enough. I'm done doing this work for somebody else. I'm done putting my hand to the plow and not seeing the fruit of it. I'm done seeing that I want now to move forward and see the fruit and see fruition in my life, in my ministry, in everything that I'm doing. So now I get out from under the spirit of slavery and I walk into freedom. Joseph is a sign of Release. Because as soon as Joseph is born, Jacob goes to Laban and says, it's time for me to go. It's time for us to take our stuff, pack up, and leave. I decree over you today that you will have your Joseph moment if you haven't had it already. Where you tell the devil, enough is enough. I'm done being enslaved to addiction. I'm done being enslaved to pornography. I'm done being enslaved to drugs. I'm done being enslaved to the cigarettes. I'm done being enslaved to anything that's holding me back and from moving forward. I'm going to move forward because God has given me freedom. He's given me Joseph now. I've birthed Joseph. And so now Joseph is a sign of my liberty. Joseph is not only a sign of liberty, he is also a sign of touching the nations. So it is time to go forth. It's time to get out of your comfort zone. 
I feel comfortable in Laban's house. He gives me all of the striped goats. I have enough. I eat well. I'm doing well. I'm doing this. But God says, now Joseph is born. It's time to get out of your comfort zone and move on to the next level. When you are ready to move into your next dimension or your next level, God will give you a sign. And with Jacob, Joseph was the sign. But to Rachel, it was not. She had Joseph and named him and gave him such a beautiful name. But she did not see the purpose that God said because she came and dragged drug the idols with her from her father's house. She drug her past with her. This was a woman who could not let go of her past, who could not see beyond her circumstance. She could not believe in the God that Jacob believed in. Now, Leah, although she wasn't so pretty, she wasn't all decked out, she wasn't looking all good, she was ready to believe whatever Jacob wanted her to believe because she knew that God had opened her womb. She knew that she was fruitful. So here's Rachel struggling. And in chapter 35, we're going to the end of her life. And we see here, we see here the very verse that I put up the first time. They journeyed from Bethel. And as they came, Rachel travailed. She was in hard labor. Now, the labor that she was having, I could imagine her walking for miles and feeling this labor or they were carrying her. I don't know how they did it back then. And she's feeling this labor and she's just like, I can't anymore. It's just too much. It's too heavy. I can't make it to the next town. They were coming from Bethel and they were headed to another place. And as they were heading there, she stops and says, okay, I can't, I can't anymore. And there she gives birth. But as she died, the very thing that was inside of her tried to be the thing that was connecting to her next generation. Her sorrow, her pain, her bitterness, her envy, her jealousy, everything. She tried to put it on Benjamin. So as she had the baby, she said, his name will be Benoni, which in Hebrew means son of my sorrow. This is the one. I want to give him a name that will bring shame to him, that will remind everybody that it's because of him I'm dead. As she gave up her last breath, her last breath was of bitterness. Her last breath was of something that was stuck in her heart. Well, I like to say this today, that Jacob didn't know it, even though he was in love with her. He worked 14 years for her. He didn't know it, but Rachel needed to die. Because Rachel was holding back the next level that Jacob needed to see in God's fruition for his life. So Rachel, because of her bitterness, because of everything in her life, she was holding up the progress. And now she has another son. Even though she was barren and she had Joseph 
She still could not let go of her bitterness. She still could not believe God to the fullest. Now she has another son, and now she spews junk out of her mouth to name her son after her own bitterness. How many of us have named things after what we're going through? We'll name a certain situation. We'll name things about what we're going through. And we'll name it after whatever we're going through. Well, I don't want to talk to this person because they, they just get me upset and they, they're like this and like that. You just name that person because you're going through something. You just put a label on somebody because you're going through something that God is dealing with you about. And now you're labeling people and you're labeling things because you can't deal with what God is trying to deal with you. The offense in your heart is what stopped you. But God is so gracious. He is so full of mercy, so full of grace, that even though she named Benoni, Benoni, son of my sorrow, God comes in through Jacob. And Jacob says, I'm going to redeem you now. You are no longer Benoni, son of your sorrow. Now you are Benjamin, son of my right hand. So I'm here to tell you that God wants to change your sorrow. He wants to change your depression. He wants to change your envy, your jealousy, your bitterness, your offense. And he wants to put a new heart in you because before it was Benoni in your heart and it was coming out of you as Benoni. But now God wants it to come out as Benjamin. And he wants to call you his daughter, his son of his right hand. He wants you to sit with Jesus. He wants you to understand that this is something that God is touching for generations to come. So, you know, one of the biggest things is offense, especially in the church today. I've dealt with it all over the world, a spirit of offense. You said something to me. <laughs> oh, no, they didn't. In your mind, you're like, oh, no, no, she didn't. Mm-mm, 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 mm-mm. Jesus, take the wheel. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Start speaking in tongues out of anger. Sha-ta-ta-ta. Sha-ta-ta-ta. so angry my question is why why you know in ministry and I tell this to the ministers all the time you have to grow thick skin you almost got to be like a crocodile not that you cold but people are going to say some things sometimes you just got to let it roll off of you you got to be so anointed that when it comes on you, it's like water hitting oil. <laughs> it just falls right down. Just be so saturated. Be like Jesus. He just walked through the Pharisees. They were like, kill him. He's like, yeah, all right. The Bible says he was despised and rejected of men. 
the Bible says that Leah was hated, so God opened her womb. It was like God was like, oh, oh, they hate you? Here's some grace. Here's some favor. It's almost like you're doing me a favor if you don't like me. This to all the witches and Satanists out there who don't like us. Every time you curse me, there's a blessing coming to me. No, this is serious stuff. This is why the Bible says we must practice the fruit of the Spirit. Because the fruit of the Spirit is opposite of everything that the devil wants you to go. So if you're complaining and moaning, that is the language of hell. Yeah, that was cool, right? You just you know, say hell in there and nobody's like, oh. <laughs> this is not legalistic. This is serious stuff. This is how you live free. Whatever the devil does to you, do opposite. It, I find that hard to do sometimes. Because I'm from the streets, you know. And in the streets, you know, gangsters, you know. What, what you say? What? What? <laughs> what they call it, R10? Post up. <laughs> when you find out your enemy is not sitting next to you, he is actually devising a plan to destroy you. And your enemy is not the one sitting next to you at church. That's not the person that is trying to destroy you. The Bible says that the thief came to steal, kill, and destroy. So it's almost like, and this is, this is the truth, it's almost like if you get offended and you start having these feelings against somebody. It is the trap of Satan to pull you away from your blessing. From the fruition of what God wants to do you. You can become sterile. Spiritually. And not see anything that God. I've been waiting for these promises. I've been waiting for this prophetic word. I've been waiting. I've been waiting. And nothing has come to pass. What God has said five, six years ago, well, I need to check my heart to see if there's any offense or bitterness in there. See if there's anything in there that's contrary to the fruit of the Spirit. And then I start operating in the fruit of the Spirit and asking forgiveness and begin to walk in this fruit. Now listen to this. The importance of these two women was vital to Israel's existence. And they didn't even know it. Here you are fighting with your brother, fighting with your sister, and you don't even know you're about to take over the planet. And God needs both of you. No matter how upset you are with the one next to you. And God said, whatever, they can't work together. Somehow they're going to get, somehow they're going to have to do this. But it was sad that Rachel could not work with her sister because she died before Leah. 
And Leah ends up being the one that Jacob loves. Leah is the one that when, when, when Jacob finally wakes up after his fiasco of whatever amount of years with Rachel, he finally realizes, huh, this woman was a bitter woman. She looked good. But man, did she give me a headache. It's almost like, it's a joke, but it's almost like Jacob put a pillar there like, don't go by that place. But the Bible says in the book of Ruth, chapter 4, verse 11, that all the people that were in the gate and the elders said, we are witnesses that the Lord make the woman that is coming to your house like Rachel and like Leah. Which two did build the house of Israel. So both of them are accounted in the word of God as the ones who build the house of Israel. So you need to stop fighting with your neighbor. Stop fighting with the person in church. Stop being offended. Stop being upset. Stop getting all worked up because God needs both of us in order to multiply and be fruitful. God needs both of us in order to take over the nations. God needs all of us in order for harvest to birth forth and go forth in Jesus' name. God needs all of us in order for us to plant harvests all over the world. God needs all of us in order for us to see the fruition of things and things to come. God needs all of us in order for us to see the prophet, the apostle, the pastor, and all of the fivefold ministry rise up in this house. God needs all of us. So here it is. If Rachel would have known her significance and if she would have just been okay with waiting for a while because it was worth waiting for Joseph. It was worth waiting for Benjamin. Because Benjamin, Joseph happens to be the one that saves the nation. Benjamin happens to be the one that God births the nation through. Because it's the tribe of Benjamin that we begin to see kings come out of. David. And God begins to bring this whole fruition in it. Because he needed both of these women to bring forth his plan and purpose. Ephesians 4.31 says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Put it away from you. Hebrews 12, 15. This is my favorite one. And we'll end with this one. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. A root of bitterness can stop the flow of what God wants to do in your life. It is time for us to say, I release, and I'm going to give birth. And when I give birth, I'm going to name that birth after what God names it. I'm going to give it everything that God says to give. I'm going to move into the next level without holding on to stuff. 
I'm going to leave the idols at Laban's house. That'll preach. <laughs> I'm going to leave the idols at Laban's house. I'm going to leave my past in the past. I'm going to stop taking things so personally. And I'm going to have God deal with my heart. This is the root of sterility. And I thank God that here in Harvest, and I felt even pastor has, there's been declaration after declaration. Debbie got up today and confirmed it. Everybody just keeps confirming it, confirming it, confirming it, that we are in labor. We are travailing. Something's coming. It's coming out. Something is being birthed in this house. Amen. Something is being birthed in this house. Can I get the worship team up here, please? Something is being birthed. Look at your neighbor said, something is being birthed. Those who got a belly like mine's men. Say, after this is over, it's gone. It's gone, baby. It's gone. Look at your wife say, it's gone after this is over. <laughs> Boom. Instant Weight Watchers. Bam. <laughs> Woo. Jesus. Stand to your feet this morning. There's something serious about forgiveness. You know, we've been talking about being transformed, and this is part of the series. There's something very serious about forgiveness, something very powerful. I know pastor has spoken about it. I've heard the preaching, the power of forgiveness, the power that it carries. And there's also a power in giving birth. Because when it's all said and done, you went through the pain, you went through the sorrow, you went through everything that you needed to go through, the back aches and the, and the different types of weird foods and all of these things that are just happening to you. It's just weird. Finally, you get to hold this little baby in your hands and there's so much joy, you forget about all the pain. It's gone. It's amazing. You know, she was saying, uh, Debbie was saying today how, how, you know, there's some women who give birth naturally and there's some women who need to get a C-section. C-section is when they cut you right open. Mm. You know, you need to give, you need to give birth. God, God will not have you holding a baby for too long. He'll cut you right open, get it right out. Let's get it out. You know, it takes a longer time for a woman to recover from that, from a C-section, than it does natural birth. 
longer time. But somehow, the recovery process and the joy of having this new baby brings about the healing quicker. So what I found out is that joy brings healing quick. Instead of for being depressed and sad, just laugh at the devil. Some, some people want to laugh. Just laugh. The other day at the elders meeting, we just started laughing, right? Just like laughing. Look at the devil, what he's doing now. <laughs> she was hated she was despised and probably mistreated she was fruitful and to me Leah was just like I don't care let's have another baby <laughs> every time she had a baby woo, this brings me so much joy <laughs> And maybe that's why Rachel was like, is she making fun of me? No. I'm enjoying the fruit of my labor. I'm enjoying what God has given us. You know, Harvest Renewal Church, I just feel as though this is the time of birthing. I just feel as though this is a season where God is pushing out. We're about to see some amazing things. We're about to see our Josephs and Benjamins take over. We're about to see our Judas, our praise, take over. God is birthing something out of us. But today, I'm going to ask us, today, if you feel offended in your heart, feel as though there's offense or some kind of bitterness, and you say, today, I'm just going to release that. I'm just going to lay it at the foot of the cross. Maybe it's somebody here, you have it against, maybe you can go to that person, just hug them and say, I just, I just release, I forgive you, I love you, I'm sorry, forgive me. I don't know how you would do that, but just doesn't have to be awkward. It just has to be a God moment. You're just releasing right now. And I want to make that altar call today to come and lay it at the feet of the cross. Every offense, every bitterness, everything in our hearts. I just lay it down right here, Father. I lay it down. I lay it down. I'm not taking it with me anymore. I'm going on a new journey. In this journey, I cannot carry my past with me. In this journey, I cannot carry this stuff with me. I have to let it go. 
have to let it go. And let me tell you something. I feel as though prophetically, things are going to begin to move in your life. You're going to begin to see things happen. Just moving in fruition. Being fruitful and multiplying. I decree over Harvest Renewal Church that we are a fruitful church. We are a church of multiplication. We are fruitful and we are a church of multiplication. I decree and declare over this church, over every single ministry, they are fruitful and they multiply. So can we do that today? Can we just release right here at the altar? And I'll just kneel with you too. We're just going to just release right here at the altar. And I'm going to let my wife say a couple of words. I feel like some of us, one of the other things that we can be very, um, we can be bitter without knowing that we're bitter about is the disappointment that we feel like God let us down at some point in our lives and we look at certain things and I feel like the Lord is addressing that right now that somewhere deep-seated in some of our hearts is that undercurrent of disappointment with God that comes up every every time you hit a snag every time you hit a wall you, you're good for a while and then you hit a wall and you're like, it takes you back to where you felt like God disappointed you, like you took the wrong turn and, and it's like you never recovered. So I feel like the Lord is addressing that to today and, and, and just open your heart and let him go there and pour it out, pour out your heart. Release it, relinquish that. And begin to turn toward him in trust and saying, Lord, I trust you. Help me. God, I believe, but help my unbelief. I believe that you have ordered my steps. The, the steps of a righteous man, they are ordered of the Lord. I believe, I truly believe that you have ordered my steps, even where I have had missteps. I give you that. I, 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 I relinquish it all to you. But heal my heart. Heal my heart, Lord. Heal my heart today. I open the door. Let your light come in. Heal my heart. us right now in the spirit to just begin to release any pain, any hurt, any sorrow, any sadness. Just release it right now. Release, 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 release.
power to release forgiveness you have the power to release forgiveness
push out of the spirit. Just push out of the spirit. Give birth to that promise. Give birth to what God has said. It is time. It is time. It is the season. This is the time. Just give birth. prophesy over people, the prayer team, and you see people out there, you just want to prophesy, lay hands on the prayer team, please do so right now. As we release everything from within our hearts, God is birthing within us something new, something that will mark our generations. the word of the Lord saying, are you ready for what's about to be birthed? <laughs> are you ready for what's about to be birthed? Get prepared. <laughs> Some parents go looking for the crib and go finding the, the stuff that they need and they get prepared. God said, get prepared. It's coming forth. It's coming forth. It's coming forth. invite those who want to just come up for prayer. You just feel as though God is tugging at your heartstrings. You just want to come up and just, we have our prayer team here. You feel as though you want to come the first time, come to the Lord. Also, we have our prayer team here. You just say, I just want to receive Jesus. We are always available for that. 
Father, we just thank you. And we are leaving here transformed. We are leaving everything at the altar that does not belong on our journey. And we are releasing our promise. In Jesus' name. Um, particularly the men uh, 30 years and under if you can raise your hands for me if you're under the age of 30 I feel like the Lord wants me to release courage in this place over these young men and I need the mothers to help me I say you are strong, you are of good courage. I say you will soar. I say you will conquer any fear, any fear that is holding you back. You are going under a rite of passage right now. And I say move forward, move forward. And I say even right now, the anointing of David is falling upon you. And I say your praise will be part of your freedom. So in your quiet time, praise and worship. Praise and worship. That will be part of your freedom. And I say you are victorious and you are overcomers. Walk in his purpose. 